2: Here we are just a few days before Christmas. We're well into the holiday season, so happy holidays to everyone out there listening. Uh, I hope you're enjoying all of the Star Trek we're getting right now. We're having a lot of fun talking about it, of course, here on Positively Trek. I'm Dan Gunther. With me as he is every week is the
3: wonderful Bruce Gibson. Bruce, how are you doing today? Wait, is that me? Am I Bruce? Oh my gosh. I'm on a show. I'm doing a podcast about Star Trek. This is so cool. I'm I'm really excited to be here. Wait a minute. Are
2: you Sam Beckett having just leapt into Bruce Gibson? You seem to be unfamiliar with your life for the last
3: 74,
2: 73 episodes.
3: <laughs> uh yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh sure. Yes, I'm Sam Beckett. Oh wait, is that to poll? Wait, that's something else. I'm so confused who I am. You're not supposed to say that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome, Bruce, Sam, whoever you are. Uh, thanks for joining me on the show. Just call and me Archer. To... Okay, <laughs> sure that works. Uh, we're going to be talking about all of the Star Trek news that has come up in this past week. So let's jump right into it with a big announcement, one we've been waiting for. I know a lot of people have been really frustrated with the fact that Star Trek Lower Decks has not been legally available outside of the U.S. and Canada Uh, But it turns out it will be streaming internationally on Amazon Prime Video beginning on January 22nd. So uh, unfortunately, it's apparently not in all regions like previous ones have. But uh, still, this is great that a bunch of different regions will be getting Lower Decks.
3: Yes, it's about freaking time. So now everyone can finally see the series that we've been talking about or, you know, legally seeing the series that we've been talking about. But anyway, uh, yeah. So what the different regions I'm looking here, it's going to be all 10 episodes and it will be in the UK and Europe, which UK is in Europe, but this is what this says, Japan, India, Australia, and New Zealand. But, and then it says, I'm looking here on Trek core, Hopefully additional territories will follow soon after.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I have seen posts by uh, friends of
3: mine who live,
2: uh, one in particular who lives in Mexico and another friend who lives in South America saying they're frustrated they still won't be able to see it. But yeah, hopefully other regions outside of those, we will be getting those as well at some point. So, But this is huge news. This has been something they've been working on for a while I know a lot of people have been really frustrated, as I've said. Uh, There's a statement uh, by Mike McMahon, of course, that uh, it's basically down to COVID that this whole delay happened. Originally, Discovery was supposed to air before Lower Decks, but Lower Decks got pushed up before all of these agreements got made. And then, of course, other delays and probably negotiations and that sort of thing have uh, pushed it now into January. But there is light at the end of the tunnel people in those territories
3: will be able to see Lower Decks. So here's the question I have. Once this releases in January, and then hopefully in the other territories, and it's fully distributed everywhere that it can be available, when Season 2 starts, will we all get it at the same time this time? Or will there be something where, you know, Amazon Prime isn't showing it for another month or two after?
2: I would say hopefully, probably it'll all drop at the same time. I'm really hoping there's not another global pandemic that drops in the middle and makes things have to be moved around. I really hope. Uh, So hopefully they can get all of their ducks in a row and and get that working and and set up before season two starts airing. Uh, It could, you know, you never know. Who knows
3: what will happen, though? Ducks in a row? Were there ducks in a Discovery episode? I mean, in a Lower Decks episode that I missed?
2: <laughs> Not that I saw, but if you look on the uh, graphic of the Enterprise in Engineering, there's apparently a very large rubber duck somewhere near the shuttle bay. So.
3: <laughs> That's it. There you go.
2: They got to get those those ducks in a row. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like rubber duckies. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> You do, Dan? <laughs> yes, of absolutely. Of course.
3: Yeah, you know. I won't do it. Bath time is not complete without rubber duckies. Exactly. By the way, I know the full lyrics, the whole song to rubber ducky from Ernie and Sesame street. I'm not going to sing it on the show. Cause I know everybody would hate that, but I could sing the whole song for you. And it's not because, Oh yeah. When you had kids, no, I knew it went from when I was a kid.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When you brought up rubber duckies, uh, that, that immediately popped into my head. See? Yeah. yeah. Ernie. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, really excited about that. <laughs> I'm I'm glad international fans will be getting lower decks. It's a terrific show well worth checking out and I was always so sad that that people were missing out. So, yes. Yeah. Does does it sound like I'm delaying? talking about the next news story because I don't know, you why know you what's coming.
3: I don't know why you would delay anything. I mean, we're talking Star Trek right? why would you be hesitant to talk anything? Star Trek. Well, folks,
2: we have a statement on the next Star Trek film. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're going to this again. We're talking about Star Trek films, even though there's not one coming, even though there's no real news, no real movement on this we still have a news story regarding an upcoming Star Trek film. And I say upcoming, we don't actually know. We don't, there's no, there's nothing. There's no movie coming as of yet, but we do have a statement from Chris Pine in a recent interview where he says he remains hopeful for another Kelvin timeline movie saying that that whole part of Star Trek deserves to have a future. So yeah, Bruce, we're talking about Star Trek movies again.
3: Yeah. How excited are you? I'm really excited if we get another movie, (laughs) but (laughs) if we don't know anything and there's nothing decided, then there's really nothing to talk about. And the way Chris Pine answers the question, I mean, it makes sense. He just, he doesn't know anything either. And he's like us. He's like, Hey, sure. Would I like another movie? Why not? I don't know anything. I don't know if there's any plans. I haven't seen like, you know, He's like us. We're all kind of like waiting to see. And I'm sure if the timing works and the money works and everything else works, he'll probably be more than willing to do it. But, you know, who knows? We just don't know. I think the cast would love to get together again and do something. It would be interesting if this doesn't happen with the cast from the last three movies. And then we get maybe a different type of Star Trek movies or whatever. And then in like 10, 20 years from now, they bring back this cast to play the older versions of themselves. <laughs> Star Trek 2009,
2: the motion picture. Wait, what? <laughs> no.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. So Chris Pine was speaking with comicbook.com, promoting, of course, wonder woman 1984. Uh, and there was a question about Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek movie in particular, Tarantino, of course, had written the script along with Mark L. Smith. And, uh, yeah, Pine talked about how he doesn't really know what's going on with any of this. And and here's the quote. He says, you know, I haven't read the Tarantino Smith script. I really, in terms of the Star Trek of it all, I wish I knew anything. I'm quite literally one of the last people ever to find out. So I haven't read that script. I don't know where it is in development. I haven't read the Noah Noah Hawley script. I have no idea what's happening in Star Trek land. Oh, I want to go to Star Trek land. Okay, anyway. But I love the character. I love the universe. I love my friends in it. To have a Quentin take on it would be tremendously interesting and entertaining. Whatever happens, if I come back or not, it's a great universe. It deserves to have a future, and I hope that is the case." So yeah, he hasn't read any, either of those scripts. Presumably he did read the Star Trek 4 script featuring him and Chris Hemsworth that that kind of fell apart due to negotiations. I'd be curious um what that script looked like. It looks like that's way off the back burner now and not even in the realm of possibility
3: at this point. So Viacom CBS, let me tell you something if you're listening and I know you are and I also know that you probably aren't. But if you are listening <laughs> You know, I really need to be on your team because I can help you plan this stuff. And here's what we want to do. We know that that film is going to happen from that Star Trek 4 script with Hemsworth and Pine. So this is what we're going to do. We are going to utilize our Paramount Plus property and we're going to take that script and we're going to make an animated version and we can either use these actors or we get another someone to do the voices of the characters, but we're going to make a movie out of it so that we all know what happens in that script. It's a sequel to star Trek beyond, but in animated form on paramount plus. Thank you very much. All right.
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't know how willing they'll, they'll be to go with that, but I would sure like to see that. I mean, can I, is, is there a, is there an online, um, survey or, or poll I can answer <laughs> that would let me
3: say, yeah, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> uh, I haven't put one together, but we could, but you know, I, they're not going to listen to polls to or mm. any of our to polls as we call them. <laughs> ah, darn it. Darn it. <laughs> and they're not even listening to the show and this is all self-serving for me. So it's, it's probably <laughs> not the best business decision, but you know, it's just something I want. Well, I got to say, you're not really selling it now, Bruce. (laughs) I know. I'm just trying to let myself down early. I don't want to get the hype up. (laughs) Oh man. You know, and I know we've talked this
2: to death and that sort of thing. What, what would you like to see in the next movie? If, you know, if you had all creative control and that sort of thing, would you want to see that Tarantino script or something else or what?
3: Well, first of all, I would love to review the Tarantino Smith script. would love to review that. Uh, I'm very interested in that. I don't think that's going to happen because I think Tarantino isn't available or not going to be available for a while from what I've heard or something. I don't know. Um I would definitely consider that. But if not that, and I had to start fresh and new, what would I do? I would I mean, I would love to bring this cast back that we've had but there's also part of me that kind of wants to do something totally different, but I don't know what it would be, but this is, I will tell you one thing that I would do, whether it's this cast or a different group of characters or whatever, it would be a trilogy. I want it to be a full epic trilogy, same writers creating the storyline for all three films. So it all ties together really well with a big master plan and when the first movie ends, it ends with a oh my gosh, I have to see the second movie to see what happens next. That's what I want. That would be pretty cool. New cast, I'm assuming, right? Brand new cast. It it may have to be a brand new cast, but I would be open to using the existing cast that we've had. Very cool. Yeah, I'd love to see that. That would be fun. <laughs> what would you do though?
2: Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I'm I'm honestly. Huh, I'm not incredibly invested in the Kelvin timeline characters. Although I think they're all terrific actors. I think they did a really good job with the characters. Maybe another movie with them would be fun. I did enjoy star Trek beyond. I think that's the best of those, those films. So if it continued in that direction, I could see doing something like that, but you know, there's just so much great star Trek on television and That, to me, really feels like the way forward. I would love to see a film, but to me, Star Trek is always best when it's on television. So, um, I don't know. Make a really entertaining, great film, but you're really probably asking the wrong person if you're asking me because, yeah. Yeah. Star Trek films are hidden
3: miss for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that you mentioned that I'm kind of, I'm still staying on what I was saying, but I'm adding a different point to it. If it doesn't happen in the Kelvin universe, which more than likely I probably wouldn't do. It's not because I don't like this cast, but what I would like to do is create this trilogy and have it tied in to the series that we've been getting so that there's this cohesive storyline that's playing out maybe in Picard and discovery and whatever other series, you know, Strange New Worlds, all this different stuff. And there's that element that's playing through the movie and to those series, too. Mm. Yeah. I like the idea of a
2: spanning MCU type thing, right? Where everything's kind of linked together in new and interesting ways. Not necessarily like the, oh, this character from that thing has shown up here and isn't that amazing? Right. But, you know, yeah, just the the cohesive universe idea, I think, is important. And Star Trek is something that lends itself really well
3: to that. So
2: that makes a lot of sense.
3: Yes. And then I would also cast you and me in the movie doing something. Well, of course, absolutely. <laughs> I'd be
2: the the random guy in the background pushing buttons. I would be thrilled if that's the part that I got. I would be
3: the guy cleaning the holodeck. Oh, no. (laughs) That's not fun. Didn't you watch Lord X? (laughs) Yep. That's why they would give me that part, because I came up with a stinky idea of a movie.
2: (laughs) Well, speaking of cohesive universes, there's one way in which the Star Trek universe became just a little less cohesive recently, which is uh, kind of too bad. So... Uh, this happened uh, a while ago. We didn't report on it, but I uh, wanted to bring that up in the news today. Simon and Schuster, the company behind uh, the publication of Star Trek novels, among of course many many other things, was formerly owned by Viacom CBS, but it has now been sold to Penguin Random House LLC uh, for you know two point one seven five billion dollars boy, I wish I could sell something for $2.175 billion. I don't think I have anything worth quite that much. But, you know, at one point, Simon & Schuster, you know, under the umbrella of CBS, all of their Star Trek stuff, under that same company, and now it's been sold to a different company. So that's kind of breaking that apart a little bit. Now, Bruce, you're kind of more in the business side of companies buying and selling and that kind of thing. More so than me, anyway. Uh, What do you make of this
3: deal? Well, I assume it's a good deal. But for us (laughs) fans in the Star Trek novels, I think that there'll be very little impact on the novel line. Yeah, I love the idea that Simon Schuster was owned by CBS. And then when Viacom and CBS merged and the movie properties were now back under the same house, I was like, wow, the movies and the TV shows and even the novels are under one house, that's so great. Oh, yeah, now we're splitting that off. But uh, I, I think because there's a new contract in place that was uh, done, what, two years ago now? Something like that. I, I don't think we're going to see any change here. Now, Penguin Random House Publishing, uh, the, the company that now would own Simon Schuster, does a lot of other Thai novel properties, and they've bought so many other publishers. And so, for example... The Star Wars novels are under this corporation, and they're still going on. And uh, Bantam Books was bought by Random House years ago and is under this umbrella. And Bantam was the ones who did the original Star Trek novels. So in some respects, this is kind of cool because all the Star Trek novels now are under
2: one house. That is pretty neat. And, And you pointed that out before we started recording. I hadn't picked up on that but yeah that's really really cool i love that uh, in that respect the star trek novel verses may be becoming a little more cohesive uh, do we want like a, a tie-in with some of those older stories like spock must die t- <laughs> tying into the modern novel verse i don't know about that but that is pretty cool that they could release you know re-release some of these older titles and it would
3: be all under the same uh publisher that's kind of cool yeah i mean if they were able to do re-release physical copies they could then probably do that but again i'm not really expecting any of that to happen i don't think as readers we're going to see any changes we're not going to notice anything maybe in a few years when there's a new contract that comes up maybe that affects some things i don't know but i really don't think that even if simon schuster stayed under viacom cbs it still would be contract license working separately it's not under the same creative house you know viacom cbs are really focusing on the movies and the tv series and that stuff and they probably always viewed simon schuster as a different company anyway so again Mm -hmm. i don't expect there to be really any big change positive or negative i think things just keep going on and we don't even notice it except when we look at the side of the book and we see maybe a different company logo on it yeah well, we'll definitely
2: keep an eye on this. Like you said, not any changes expected, but if, if there are any kind of knock on effects for the Star Trek publishing line, we'll be sure to talk about them here on Positively Trek. But, uh, you've, you've set my mind at ease a little bit. I have to admit I was a little bit nervous, but I feel like you've, you've calmed me down. So I, I feel better about this. I was lying
3: <laughs> the whole time. I made this up. I was just, it's going to be a disaster. Oh no. <laughs> no. No. No, I really believe that we're not going to notice any difference,
2: Bruce. My anxiety. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and remember, there's a new contract in place, and that's probably for you know several years. So we're at least protected to several several years to honor that contract. Excellent. Well,
2: yeah, like I said, we'll keep an eye on this, but you've made me feel better. For Yay. Sure. And now, finally, today, I do want to report on some sad news, which is really unfortunate, a loss to the extended Star Trek family. Uh, Star Trek novelist Dave Gallanter, and and friend of ours, has recently passed away after a battle with cancer. Gallanter's wife, Samantha, posted recently on his Twitter account, uh, this was on uh, December the 12th, "'It is with great sadness that I must announce the passing of my husband, Dave Gallanter. He is now at rest.' Thank you to everyone who has supported us on his cancer journey and throughout his life. Uh, he was only 51 years old, so a, v- a very tragic loss. Uh, I've had the opportunity to speak with Dave many times, thanks to Literary Trek's podcast, and I actually did get the chance to meet him once at the Shore Leave Convention a few years ago in Baltimore. And he was an incredibly warm and, and really funny guy. You know, just talking with him for a few minutes... It felt immediately like I was just talking with an old friend. He was just such a really cool guy and a huge Star Trek fan and a great novelist. Some of his novels that I've loved over the years, uh, the original series novel, Troublesome Minds, if you've not read that novel, I think is one of the best Star Trek novels ever written. And I don't say that lightly. So uh, yeah, he will be greatly, greatly missed.
3: Yeah, I got to talk to him on Literary Treks when we were hosting that show. I don't think I ever met him in person, but uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed him as a guest. And the last time we talked to him on that show was when we reviewed his discovery novel, Dead Endless, which focused on the Colburn-Stamets relationship. And I would say even to this day that that probably still is my favorite discovery novel. I really love that novel. But yeah, I, I don't know Dave that well. I do remember uh, on Facebook, he posted what was going on about a few months ago. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I said that, you know, I mean, he was saying that, yeah, he he was going to be dying soon. Uh, like It was just going to happen. And I just told him that I hope, you know, he writes his last chapter of his life as exciting as the last chapters of his books have played out. So um, it's sad news, but, you know. These things happen, but he lives on in his work. You know, we get to enjoy more of his novels. I mean, if you haven't read all of his novels, they're out there. Absolutely. Uh, We'll have a link to his website, of course, in the show notes,
2: dave-gallanter.com. If you'd like to learn more about him, if you don't know a lot about him. And there's also apparently a a link to uh, donate to Target Cancer in his memory uh, on his page there. So if you, uh, if you feel like you would like to make a donation in his memory, uh, that would be where the, the family has requested that you do so. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Dave Gallanter for all of your wonderful work, your friendship and, uh, your amazing Star Trek novels. And I'm going to echo what you said about Dead Endless as well. Just an incredible novel that, uh, it's, it's rare that I get kind of weepy when I'm reading a novel. And that one was one that did that. I, I really, really loved that novel. Well, thank you all so much for listening this week. That's our kind of week in Star Trek news, Bruce. Uh, when we're not sitting here talking about all the news from the Star Trek universe, where can people find you?
3: I'm on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. I'm on Instagram at Admiral Rex and I'm occasionally on the star Wars report podcast.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Kertrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. YouTube.com slash Productions, making videos all about Star Trek, Star Wars, and all the other great stuff out there. And you can find the show on Twitter at Positively Trek. You can also find us on Facebook. Join the Positively Trek discussion group. Just search for Positively Trek. We'll let you right into the group. And I also want to say the next episode, we are going to have an episode coming out this Friday, Christmas Day. It's going to be a a special uh, book club episode where we talk about a Bantam Star Trek book. The first one that I've ever read and the first one we've ever talked about. Spock Must Die. You know, just really hitting that festive mood, right? With with that book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, hopefully you'll join us for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, But until then, as always, stay positive.